talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net. A new report from the Christian Science Monitor says that while HIV and AIDS patients in South Korea have long found it difficult to find medical care, as the number of cases increase, so does the prevalence of reported abuse. And I spoke with the author of the report to find out more about the history of HIV and AIDS here in South Korea. My name is John Power, and I've covered North and South Korea since 2010. It first appeared in the late 80s, and it would have been seen very much as a foreign disease. Um, it's not something that people maybe remember, but actually around the time of the 1988 Olympics, the South Korean government sort of let slip that they were considering testing all foreigners coming into the country um, to protect the, you know, the local population. And then when that got out and sort of caused a raucous, uh, they sort of quietly dropped that idea. But it would have been very much seen as a foreign disease and it would have been very uncommon. And then at the turn of basically the new millennium, the numbers started to uptick quite drastically. We're over 13,000 cases at this point. Um, and basically, for the last few years, it's sort of been a, a thousand new cases every year. So you can see just even from that, that even decades ago, there was a, a fraction of that number. And now there's still quite a, a low number by international standards. Um, but it has um, increased quite rapidly. In Korea, it's almost always passed on through sex and medical professionals and, and people who you know, are well versed in this condition say I think that a lot of that has to do with ignorance or apathy around you know contraception and you know the notion of this not being something you can really catch in Korea so yeah nowadays it is a pressing concern even if it's not sort of a massive public health issue in the way it is in some places. Despite many state-of-the-art medical facilities across the country when South Korea's comparably few HIV and AIDS patients become sick they have often only received treatment at one location, the Sudong Yonsei Sanitarium. Sudong was the government's only designated long-term care center for AIDS patients in South Korea. So this was where very sick patients who maybe didn't have family to care for them, which is quite common because in many cases their family abandons them because of the shame of the disease, um, so in those sorts of cases, they um, had this sanitarium to go to to receive care and to um, hopefully recover, or at least have some sort of dignity in their everyday lives. But in about 2012, some very sort of troubling allegations started to be made by various activists in contact with these patients about patient abuse, um, very shoddy treatment, and just basically a lack of sort of acceptable medical standards. So the government actually revoked the designation from this um, special hospital in, I believe, 2013, due to all these allegations, which even included a rape in one case, and also one patient died shortly after he was admitted. So the government revoked the designation, um, but the problem was and continues to be that these patients were left with nowhere to go because... As amazing as it sounds in such a wealthy country, many medical facilities did not want to accept these patients because of the fears of staff and also other patients who might be there that they could contract HIV or AIDS just by being in the same vicinity. So 
presently, several years after this sort of erupted, we don't actually know where all of the original patients are, what type of care they're getting. But quite crucially, I think both the government and these activists who are campaigning on this issue agree at least that some still remain in Sudan, which has an appalling record of patient mistreatment. And also some are in shelters and various sort of charity type halfway houses that aren't really equipped to provide, you know, advanced medical treatment and care. So at this point, there seems to be a very disturbing situation where you have patients suffering from a disease, which is no longer a death sentence in the 21st century, who um, basically aren't getting the best level of care in you know a first world country where this really shouldn't be happening. And John Power is certainly not the only one who believes HIV and AIDS patients in South Korea are not receiving the highest level of care possible. I also spoke with a U.S. attorney who has been working with Korean HIV and AIDS patients in the hopes of attracting international attention to the problem. My name is Benjamin Wagner. Uh, I have 20 years of experience and background in South Korea. I'm an American attorney. Uh, I got involved in this particular issue de dealing with uh, HIV-related stigma and discrimination in Korea uh, about 10 years ago while I was a law professor at Kyunghee University Law School. And I've pursued uh, several cases um, dealing with this subject, one of which went to uh, the UN uh, Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination, also called the CERD, where um, I won for my client the first case against the Republic of Korea for violation of that treaty. We've had Koreans with AIDS, with HIV AIDS, who've gone to the Ministry of Health. And the Ministry of Health has issued official documents saying it's illegal, it's inappropriate for hospitals in Korea not to accept patients with HIV AIDS. Now, but they won't do any more than that. Now, they, they won't force the hospital to treat this patient or the executive office won't get involved and make sure that their facility is treating them. Instead, the people are just pushed out onto the street. So that's where we are. That's the situation. Because of the failure of the state to take appropriate action concerning these patients, we need to turn to Korea's international commitments. There's a treaty. Uh, it's called the International uh, Co Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. ICCPR. It's a treaty that Korea treats as binding law, the same as domestic law. Within the treaty, uh, Article 26, actually, it deals with discrimination and discriminatory treatment. Now, this covers discriminatory treatment against people with HIV AIDS. So it's illegal. It's clearly uh, black letter law, very clear that it's illegal not to accept patients, to treat them discriminatorily. The government needs to take action. It's, it's decided this is a pledge that it makes by itself. It's not something that the UN has pushed on Korea. It's a voluntary, voluntary obligation that uh, Korea has assumed, um, and it's failing that obligation. So what we're going to do is we're going to go forward and file an emergency complaint under this case because people are dying. Now, we've had three people die just since 2014 in this one particular hospital instance. Uh, 
Um, there's other cases where people, I mean, the suicide rate for people with HIV AIDS in Korea is 10 times the normal rate, which is already an extreme. As the amount of South Koreans infected with HIV and AIDS continues to rise, the ROK has also continued to receive criticism for its HIV testing of English teachers and other foreign workers seeking visas for employment, a policy that has drawn international attention since its implementation in 2007. For KoreaFM.net, I'm Chance Storland.